They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. We are so thankful that you are joining us. My name is Shane. What's up, Paul? What's up? I'm Paul Wooster. I'm the National Collegiate Evangelism Director, and I am pumped about this episode, man. Yeah. Hey, now, so as you listen to this podcast, you just hear the audio, but the the platform we use to record these, uh, we can actually see each other. Like Paul and I can see each other. We can see our guests each time. And Paul always has this big fancy (laughs) plant behind him. And I've never asked this, Paul, is that plant real or is that a fake plant? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a real plant. Yep. Yep. And it's a surfboard that I don't use too often. My brother, my twin brother was joking. He said, that surfboard has been on more Zoom calls than waves. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's hilarious. Hey, well, Paul in San Diego, so he he gets a lot more reps in than I am in Northern California. Yeah, that surfboard has been on more Zoom calls than waves. I love it. Well, hey, Paul, man, uh, I know you and I, we're both super excited about our guest today. Uh, he's a dear friend of ours, dear friend to Nam. Um, and, you know, a lot of times when you talk about friends in ministry, you go, oh, they're my friend. And you kind of say that after meeting once, like, like this dude, Will Moore is a legitimate friend of mine. I love this brother. Will Moore is a lead student pastor at Long Hollow in Tennessee. Um, God's doing incredible things there. Uh, Will is a follower of Jesus, a husband, a father. Uh, Man, he's got some of the coolest hair in the SBC. You know, uh, Arkansas boy, all the way around. I mean, he's just so excited uh, to have him here, and we're going to talk about spirit-led student ministry. Come on, spirit-led student ministry. So I'm excited about that conversation. So welcome to the Next Gen on Mission podcast, Will Moore. Welcome, yes, sir. I always tell people, don't let the skinny jeans and hair fool you. I'm still country, so hey, <laughs> our country, man. That's hey, right. I, legitimate question: True or false? You grew up in Arkansas, so true or false? Have you ever used an outhouse before? Oh, 100%. I grew up going to uh, South Arkansas. We had 1,200 acres where we uh, deer hunted on, and there is an outhouse uh, that I am determined to take my suburban living wife from Louisville, Kentucky, and she is going to check that joker out. She's got the half moon cutting in and everything. Oh, it does? It has the half moon? Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, for real. I love it, man. Hey, well, awesome. Well, before we jump in, and get too spiritual, man. Tell us one fun fact about Will Moore that we need to know that we may not already know. Man, I am. I grew up with one of the most incredible grandfathers that, uh, that anybody could ever have. You know, there's a spiritual element to that. But from uh, just that, he was that man that had like, you know, you look at some like older generation, they got like the, the massive hands and they all got like scars and stuff like because he lived life. And uh, but he was a woodworker, too. So he did a little bit of everything. He was like, a jack of all trades, but he, he loved woodworking. And I remember just sitting and just watching him do stuff. And so that kind of like bled over into, to, to me. And so I love to do woodworking. And, um, and so I do that now, build tables and, uh, my side, it became a side hustle for a while. And then it became my, my second job. And my wife was like, you got to quit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I love woodworking. And then another fun fact is I was actually accepted to uh, Le Cordon Bleu to be uh, to go to culinary school. So I uh, watched my granddad nice. do woodwork and I watched my grandmother who cooked on uh, the river 
for over 30 something years. And so I love to cook, got a passion to cook and passion to do woodworking. Man, Man, he's got the skills, the nunchuck Will. skills, the woodworking skills. Bro, he's got the skills that pays the bills. Will Moore is a renaissance man. Another thing he didn't share is like that dude has the ability. He's like a mechanic. He can trick out trucks and stuff too, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was that was uh, pre-ministry. Did uh, high-performance car stuff. So, yeah, lots of fun. And you know he's like Jesus because the carpentry, you know, he's just trying to, in every way, he's, you know, he's rocking that. So That's really the only reason I do it, fellas. It's just Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to start with the, the more serious questions. Um, what do we need to know about Generation Z? Oh, man, I love this question because like there's this question has been asked to a lot of people and there's so many different answers. And the one that irritates me the most, just to be honest, is like it's kind of like our generation, like millennial generation. Everybody's like they're lazy. And uh, like, so everybody goes negative. But what I am seeing right now, like 100 percent what I'm seeing is dude, they are so hungry. Mm -hmm. Like they're so hungry to do something. I think they're listening to what the world is saying and they're stopping going, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Like what, what is truth? What is real? And I want to be that. And I think all the, all the negative comments are true if we allow that to be true of them. Um, but what I'm seeing in our, in our, in our ministry and in the generation here is that they are so hungry to be a mm -hmm. part of something that is real. Uh, and they are, all in right now and thank goodness that it is 100 all in with the lord um because bro they're rocking it right now so i'd say man they're hungry yeah yeah i love that hey and i love what you said too uh because sometimes when you hear about generation z and same thing with millennials is like it was like negative and like i think of some you know it's one of the things that's being said about gen z right now is like oh they're so self-centered so self-absorbed uh and and what's funny is like the same things that they're saying today about gen z is the same things they were saying about every other previous generation uh in fact i'll, I'll save it on my computer and i'll use it in breakout sometimes when it talks about gen z but i have this like quote uh and the quote says, the now generation has become the me generation. And that sounds like something from the day, uh, but it was actually in a New York Times article in 1976 describing baby boomers when they were teenagers in college. <laughs> no students. way. Yeah. So isn't that funny? The same things they say today is the same thing they said about every other generation previously. Send that to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so Paul, obviously, man, uh, probably a lot of our listeners uh, know what's going on at Long Hollow. So I know we could talk the rest of the day, the rest of the week about just stories of what God's doing at Long Hollow. But big picture, tell us, what is God doing at Long Hollow right now? I'll be honest, man. I've asked you and I've talked a lot about this and I've gotten, I mean, just, I feel like I've just had a lot of questions about that, that specific question is, and it's, um, I'll say this. I had a friend of mine that called me. He's at a, at a, a pretty large church in, um, in Oklahoma and he called me. And he's like, all right, man. And this is, they loaded up. All right, man, what are you doing? You know, that's the question. It's like, what are you doing? What's your strategy? What's your plan? And I was just honest. I said, I said, I said, you do, you don't honestly want to know the answer to that question. Yeah. And he's like, all right, what do you mean? What do you say? And I said, I said, it's too simple. Mm -hmm. It's too simple. I said, what's happening at Long Hollow is a result of a people that just want more of Jesus Come on. and like legitimately and our path, it started with our pastor and his willingness just to say, you know what? I want to be a man. I want to be a husband. I want to be a father. I want to be a pastor that is so in love with Jesus. Just wants more of Jesus. Just wants to be filled with the spirit and then whatever happens happens. And so, um, through that, uh, leadership trickling down to us, um, it's just a result of people wanting to spend time with Jesus and to know who Jesus is. Uh, and it's not a, a one-sided relationship. It's a two-sided relationship where 
our people are going, I'm sitting with Jesus and I'm hearing from Jesus. I'm listening to Jesus. I'm speaking to Jesus. Like when typically it's like, you know, for me, for so many years since I was eight years old until literally now, it was, it was like, Hey God, uh, are you there? Okay. Awesome. Let me just tell you a few things. Right. And it's like, there's so one-sided relationship, but what's happening is it is, it's spirit led and it's not, it's not perfect. We're okay with being imperfect. We're okay with making mistakes. We're okay with people literally, uh, saying whatever they want to say uh, about our church, because we know that when we stand on, on, and this sounds so churchy and so scripted, I know, but this is so true. And it's sad to even say that y'all, because I feel like that's where we are in this, in our generation of a church is like, we have to apologize for the simplicity of the gospel. Like why, why I found myself going, uh, I know this is going to sound weird to you, but, um, but let me just explain what God did. Why am I apologizing for literally spending time with Jesus and feeling like the spirit spoke to me? Mm. Right. But that, but that's it. I mean, there's so much to that question, y'all, but it's, it's what's we're experiencing at Long Hollow is, is, um, is revival. I like to use the word movement. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about the generation, the now generation, but I believe it's also the movement generation. Um, and because of their willingness to be the now generation where you're seeing a movement as a result. Um, and, um, and so that's what it is. It's a revival. It's a movement. Uh, but it's stemmed from the fact that we just want more of Jesus. Yeah. That's so good. And I love how you're talking about how it's starting with the leaders. So, like you personally, what is God doing in your life personally? And then maybe your, some of your other um, leaders in your, in your ministry as well. What is, what is God doing there? And how has that trickled down to the students? It, it literally is <clears throat> me sitting down and, uh, and wanting, like I said, wanting to spend time with Jesus. And uh, I've gotten to a point in my life where I just, I want authenticity. I want realness. And, and I guess it's because of the business and maybe the position I'm in. I just, you find yourself like all the, all the things that are like really don't matter or mean anything in life isn't, doesn't have a purpose. You kind of avoid because you want to be laser focused on things that are going to make a difference. Uh, not mm-hmm. that we don't have fun. Obviously I love that fun, but, uh, and so when it came to my relationship with Jesus, like I legitimately want to spend time with him. So uh, the biggest piece of the puzzle for me is silence and solitude. Like that's mm. the biggest piece of this whole puzzle for us is, is because I am so busy and because I love to use that in my pridefulness, I love to use that as the, um, the, to let you know that I'm busy because for some reason you care that I want, that I'm busy and that I'm doing all these incredible things, uh, which isn't true. None of y'all, none of y'all care how busy I am. You literally, you guys literally care how I'm doing as a person. Right. Um, but what happened was in my busyness, I use that as the, as the excuse for the Lord too. And so um, our pastor has challenged us to do what he's calling silence and solitude, which obviously isn't new to him, but it's just something that's new to us as we implement this into our, in our personal time with Jesus. And um, there's been days where I literally just sit and I just, and I just listen, I just sit and I just say, God, I just want to spend time with you. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, we're, we're fellowshipping with Jesus. Like we're spending time with Jesus we don't yeah. have an agenda of what we want him to tell us or guide us and direct us. Uh, how many times have I prayed that Lord Jesus was praying in the name of Jesus. Lord, you just give me wisdom to guide me and direct me. Like, Lord, would you just show up? Would you let me know that you're sitting next to me, that you're here? And uh, as a result of that, as a result of us wanting to grow as individual people, not grow in leadership as pastors, um, we're, we're seeing it, seeing it overflow into our people because we are, we are wanting to be more in love with Jesus ourselves. Yeah. yeah, man, that's that's so amazing. Like I've been on this similar journey the last couple of years is l- really pursuing margin in my time with God, not not rushing. That's made all the difference. It's not about like accomplishing a list of 
I did my verses or I did, I do all that stuff, but I just need more time so that I'm not, I'm, first of all, it's about enjoying Jesus. It's, it's not about accomplishing something. It's about being with someone. And so, right. so for me, it was like just spending that, that extra time made it like intoxicating. It made me just like want to come back for more. So, I mean, I love that. That's, that's the emphasis that you guys have on that. That is, that is amazing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love, man, I mean, you started hitting on it. I know you and I've had conversations, uh, even in more detail about your time with the Lord, uh, uh, pastor Robbie. So those of you who are listening, uh, Robbie Gallaty is the senior pastor of Long Hollow and had some conversations with him about that time. You mentioned him and the silence and the solitude. Um, I think if we had all be honest, you know, too many of us, uh, that, um, are leaders, uh, we tend to do kind of like what Paul mentioned, uh, even our time with the Lord, we'll do it, but it's almost like checking off a box. It's part mm-hmm. of the routine or, we'll go, all right, well, I'm spending time with the Lord as a sermon prep, you know, and, and those kind of things. Well, what you're talking about is totally different than all of that. And would you even drill down on like, specifically, what does your daily time with the Lord look like? Like, so is there a certain amount of time you just sit in silence, don't do anything? Is there a certain amount of time you journal, read the scripture? What does it look like specifically? Yeah. Man, I, I'll tell you this. I, I was super convicted because the busyness piece where our pastor did a message on, he says, um, are you sleeping in the garden? And, and he talked about how much time Jesus spent in the garden praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, you know, the famous passage where he goes back and all the, all the, all the brothers are sleeping. They're like, what are y'all, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And what he was trying to get them to understand is, is Jesus is spending time with the father and, and the father's showing him things and he's leading him and he's, he's giving him wisdom. He's, he's, he, he's encouraging him. And then Jesus knows what's coming. He knows what's about to happen. And the, all of them are asleep in the garden because they had been working. They had been, I mean, there's a massive mission at hand. They saw that. But for me, I, I kept saying, because I've got a, you know, a year and a half old and, and she is, oh, nonstop like y'all I'm telling you and uh and I found myself always just exhausted and tired and yeah. and when he said are you are you wanting more of Jesus but you're too busy sleeping in the garden it hit me like a ton of bricks because I go the only way for me to really spend an authentic time with Jesus is for me to get up earlier than she does and let's wow. just be honest for 15 months she woke up between 4 30 and 5 30 and I'm like well I'm not doing that so um, <laughs> but he did that and I'm like y'all Okay, well, then I started making myself get up earlier because that's that's what I had to do. And it's different for everybody. But for me, I started getting up uh, earlier. Um, but as a backup to that, uh, let's say that 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 I, that I didn't wake up or she woke up early and I wasn't able to do it. I've scheduled in my calendar uh, yep. a spiritual development on my calendar. If you're to pull it up right now and everybody on my team knows this, that that's not a time where you can interfere. I've got an appointment. Just like I'll be going to the doctor point, it's an appointment and I'm not changing yep. it, I'm not counseling it. And it, it sounds super cheesy and churchy, but it's my appointment with Jesus. And so if I can't get it early in the morning, that's going to happen at, at, at that time. Um, but what it looks like for me is I get up and, and, and me, I'm the guy that goes to bed thinking about something. And as soon as I wake up, I'm thinking about that thing I went to bed with. I just can't turn it off. And that's, um, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, but uh, it is, <laughs> that is me. And so I have to make myself sit. So what I do is, is I'll set, um, uh, for me, I started with a 10 minute timer and I'll just, uh, I'll just set a 10, 10, 10 minute timer and I'll just sit there. Uh, I'll close my eyes. I'll sit there and I just sit literally mm-hmm. in silence. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's awkward. Uh, it was awkward at first, but now I love it. It's the best thing ever. And then before you know it, the timer will go off. I'll set another 10 minute timer. I'll get out a journal uh, or, or, or I'll sit there and then I want to listen to the Lord and I, I, and things just pop into my head. Now this isn't sermon writing time and creative time. Yeah. This is a, I've got one liners that God just, just, just gives to me, you know, uh, what are you believing in faith that he doesn't answer, um, that if he doesn't answer your, uh, that you're wrecked, right? Just things like this, or how close are you walking with me or whatever it is. And then I'll just write it down. And, um, and I'm hearing from Jesus. I'm sitting with Jesus and I'm hearing from Jesus. Um, and then once that timer goes off, um, and sometimes I don't hear anything, you know, and I think that's the thing that people need to know is you don't have to sit down and expect to hear something from God, expect to meet with Jesus. Don't expect to him to give you something for that day. And, and then I'll write it down and then I'll open up the word and I'll spend some time with the word. But it's like, the biggest piece of the puzzle for me, and this may sound, uh, I don't know, I don't know how this will land with some people. Like for me, that time is, is almost more important for me right now than it is for me opening up the word and actually reading God's word. I'm not, now y'all know what I mean, but I'm not saying don't read God's word, yeah, but right. I'm saying for me and my walk with Jesus, I have to sit in silence. Mm-hmm, and, and so dude, and I'm telling you, it has wrecked me and it's been so good. And when I don't do it, it's like, it's like being, being on, on, on a road trip and missing my wife and my daughter. Like I miss yeah. it. And it's not from a guilty standpoint, it's legitimacy. Like, it's like, I'll, and like, I'll just be honest, uh, this Monday and Tuesday, because the last two weeks have been crazy. I just spend time in repentance because God, I didn't, I didn't sit with you this week and I'm so sorry. It was one sided this week. I'm sorry. And, 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 and then I just felt a wave of like, just kind of like peace in my life. And so, yeah, that's what it looks like right now. And sometimes it's at five o'clock in the morning. Sometimes that's at eight o'clock of that designated time. Mm, I love how you you mentioned it. It's like a, a meeting in your schedule, in your calendar. Like if you you had this podcast scheduled, you weren't going to just ghost us, you know, and not oh. show up to the podcast. But why do we treat Jesus the same way? And why why do we have like <laughs> we're ghosting Jesus basically, you know, and and like, man, the most productive hour of our day should be that time alone with God. And so. Mm-hmm. That, that leads to that next question is, we, the title of this podcast is Spirit-Led Student Ministry. So how has that, um, what does that mean to you? And how do you define, how does that change how you guys define success in your ministry? I'm telling you, this has been, uh, <clears throat> I'm so excited to talk about this topic because um, it starts with everything we've already discussed. The most freeing thing, and we know this in the student ministry world, like it's it's nonstop. Like no disrespect to any other ministry in the church, but we don't we don't shut off. It's not a nine to five. It's not a, like we're our team. My team. I just you know I tell them all the time. I'm so proud of them, and, and I try to encourage them because of what they're doing. Because we don't we don't just go home. We're going to games. We're going to practices. We've got uh, stuff late at night, and so it's like we work really hard, but I told them and the pastor told me, he said, here's what, here's the most important thing you can hear me say as your senior pastor and as your leader is I care more about how you're growing as an individual than how you're growing our church. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. And so for me, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Do I care? Yes. I care how the ministry is doing, but if I don't have a healthy team and my people don't feel like I am encouraging them to fall in love with Jesus themselves as individuals, then, then I've missed it. And, and I want them to know that their personal time with Jesus means more to me than how many people they hung out with today or how their sermon was or, or how they've grown their specific ministry area. I want them to know that I care about them growing in their relationship with him. And, and, and that's really what's led to 
this freedom of trusting the Lord and really wanting to be spirit led because y'all, I'm just going to be honest, eight years in ministry, um, the large portion, except for this last year has been unintentionally a lot of work in my own power in the name of Jesus. And I heard this in seminary. I'll never forget Troy Temple telling me like, like your number one ministry is your family. Don't ever forget that. And, and you have to, you, you can't use your, your, your time to write messages as your personal time with Jesus. I'm like, who would ever do that? And, but then I wake up eight years in, I'm going, what have I done? Mm-hmm. And I wonder why I'm stressed out. I wonder why my team uh, could potentially be burned out or frustrated uh, because we're focusing on the wrong things. Yep. And you know, I'll be honest, the, 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 the fruit of this came when we started back in August. So you, you, you mentioned like define success. The Lord freed me up in, in August and our team up because, you know, we were cranking out everything. Everybody was trying to like, well, we got to figure this thing out. Right. And so we got uh, we got back August 5th. And that was our big, our big first day back since March. And um, typically we would create a big event and we'd have a big kickoff and we'd have this massive thing. And I just felt like the Lord stopped me and said, do not create an event. Do not create an event. I want you to create a series. And I want you to point your students to what it looks like to genuinely live in a relationship with me and, uh, and live out their faith beyond a building. And that's where our series called Beyond a Building came from. And I told the team, I said, we're not going to set an expectation. We're not going to put God inside of a box. We're not going to uh, create some crazy fun element. We're going to open our doors. We're going to pray like we've never prayed before. And we're going to trust that God, as we present the gospel through the book of Acts, that God's going to do the work. Wow. And, and that was the, that was a turning point for our ministry. And that's where God gave me this concept of gospel over growth. Because when we open those doors, I've got, I've got chills right now, just thinking back on that night, y'all, they just kept coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. And we were looking around and nobody goes, Hey, I told you it was going to happen. Hey, I, I knew it was going to happen. Hey, what, what's that, you know, the infamous, infamous, what's that number we turned in? Mm. I didn't, I didn't ask. I didn't tell our team how many kids showed up. They knew God showed up. Wow. And we celebrated the fact that God met us there and get God answered our prayer and that God did something. And we prayed for one student to be saved every single, uh, every single Wednesday from that, that moment forward. And at the end of it all, what we celebrated was life change. What we celebrated was that God was in it. What we celebrated were the things that were literally life giving and life changing. And so we celebrate the things to your, your question of success with gospel over growth for me is if we spend time with Jesus individually, that overflows into our team, which overflows into our people, which overflows into our community and gospel over growth is we're not going to do anything without putting the gospel in front of our people and not gospel as far as like, we're going to create this incredible event. We're going to call it evangelism because we want to really grow our ministry. Mm. We want to grow our people. I want to grow a generation that is sold out, uh, devoted followers of Jesus, that they're so in love with Jesus now that my daughter that is, that is 21 months old reaps the benefits of their faithfulness to live beyond a building today. And, and that is they're in love with the gospel. They're in love with Jesus. And as a result, they grow. And as a result, if God sees fit, our ministry grows as well. So for us, success is one, are you spending time with Jesus? Are we seeing life change? And it's things like this, fellas. Like, how, all right. So, how do you how do you how do you measure that success? Life change. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. We have students that have started uh, spontaneous worship nights in the parking lot of their school, um, wow. of, of our church building. 
um, we're, they're doing stuff and telling us about it. They're not like, Hey, is it okay? If they're, they're taking the mic from us. I tell us all the time. I'm like telling them also all the time. I was like, my greatest, the thing that made me the most happy is you come and take the mic from me. So we got this tonight. You can go home. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing. So life change is students on fire for Jesus. Uh, students are leading other students to, to the Lord. They're, they're quitting their jobs. Um, they're quitting their jobs to be a part of Wednesday night. Um, they are leaving friend groups because they're like, you know what? You're dragging me now. You're not putting me into Jesus or they're breaking up with them boys. Right. Uh, they are, it's, it's just so many ways to define success for us. Um, but what I don't tell our team is, is this, does it slip every once in a while out of excitement? Yes. But my team isn't saying, Hey, we had X amount of people show up tonight. Hmm. It's Hey, let me tell you about, about Jake Steen. Let me tell you how he was persecuted. Last night, y'all, we celebrated, had students stand, and we celebrated persecution. Yeah. Mm. That's mm. life change. That's gospel. Yeah. And, and so mm. I, I know that's, that's maybe a long, a long answer to your question, Paul, but like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to plan. I don't want to strategize. I don't want to do anything unless Jesus is all over that joker. And so for me, we're going to focus on the gospel. We're going to trust that Jesus brings the growth, but growth isn't numerical. Growth is, is, is that spiritual element. Um, mm. And if it's, and if it's numerical, then that's awesome. But man, let's, let's rock it for Jesus. Yeah, man. I love that. And it's just, I think I've been personally kind of convicted more and more is I don't want to just be successful in the eyes of American cultural Christianity, right? Like we can do, we can play the game, but ultimately we need to be biblical. Like our standard needs to be, this is what, what's happening in the book of Acts. I love that you guys started that series in the book of Acts. Like this, that's our, that's our model. That's our standard. That's what we're going for is just this movement of God that can't be stopped, can't be contained, can't be controlled. And that's what we're going for. That's what we want to seek. Um, so what would you say to a pastor or collegiate leader, youth pastor that, that says, man, my ministry feels stuck, feels dry, feels like we're just kind of going through the motions. What would you say to someone like that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot them straight. <clears throat> what does your relationship with Jesus look like? You know, Billy Graham said that that the greatest mission field of of, of the greatest mission field now, the greatest mission field of today, uh, is probably more of my paraphrasing. But what he was saying is the greatest mission field is the American church. Mm. Um, heard recently that a, a national average is a the past of our churches in America on average spend five minutes of prayer. Wow, five minutes. And as our pastor says, you take out breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that leaves you with three minutes left. Like legitimate, y'all. And I'm going to use myself as, a, as an example, okay? I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to call anybody else. I'm going to call myself out. When I felt stuck, when I felt dry, when I felt like, God, what is going on? Why is nobody listening? Why are we not inviting? Whatever the case may be, y'all, I'm going to tell you, when God wrecked me, what got me and the reason I am so fired up right now about, about this spirit led student ministry concept is, is God revealed to me that you do not care if I show up or not really like you don't. Wow. You mm, only want to be able to look wow. and say, we did a great job tonight and you'll mm. sprinkle my name in at the end to say we had a successful night god let's thank god for what god did tonight let's thank the lord for what jesus did tonight but at the end of the day the reason my wife knew how many people showed up in the room when i'm driving on the uh, driving uh, home from a wednesday night and i'm on the phone with her she could tell me got a low night tonight didn't you 
or she could tell me you had a big night tonight, didn't you? What she was saying is wow. you're, you're, you're excited about ministry when people show up. You're not excited about ministry when they don't show up. And I'm going to wow. tell you the turning point for me was this. A couple of weeks ago, we had our state championship basketball game. Praise God for school sports, okay? Uh, <laughs> they're on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah. And there was a moment in time in, in, in the not-so-far past where I would have been, just being honest, being transparent, I would have been furious. Yeah. And the only reason I was mad wasn't because students had or missed an opportunity to hear from Jesus. It's because I knew that we were going to have a down night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've yeah. begged God for, for forgiveness. I've begged God for, for mercy. Uh, and I've begged God to, to, to change my heart. And, mm-hmm. and the, the, the most freeing moment was that night. I looked at our team and I said, I do not care. Amen. And let me tell you yeah. the result. Does this wow. happen every time? No, but let me tell you the result. We had more students that night than we've had. than we had the previous two weeks and God wow. just showed me gospel over growth. Gospel yeah. overgrowth. So if I was to tell, if I was to tell a person that's stuck, evaluate yourself. Do you care more about Jesus being made known, or do you care more about your ministry? And then there's some practical stuff too, right? You know, how are you leading your people? Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of leadership practical stuff that we can talk through, but I don't feel like that's the point of this specific podcast. Right. I think it's more of 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 what does your time with Jesus look like? Um, are you really trusting Him? to lead your ministry and to guide you and direct you? Or are you just simply uh, sprinkling Jesus onto your agenda? And uh, I just can't wait to see, um, you know, this, this, this generation and my prayer is how this generation becomes the leaders. You know, one day they're going to be sitting in our shoes one day and they're going to be talking about this. They're not going to be talking about how many kids showed up when they were in high school. They're going to talk about what God did and all that's exciting. And so you want to see life change happen? Life change spurs on life change. So pray for pray, pray that Jesus sends life change. Yeah. Uh, and that only comes through his spirit. I love that, Will. And, uh, you know, what I've found is often the people in the ministry, the students or adults, whatever the ministry context is, is typically they don't care uh, right. how many people are in that. It's usually us as leaders putting pressure on ourselves and trying to compare yeah. ourselves to other leaders, you know. Um, Will, gosh, man. Man, I'm so thankful for your heart, your friendship, what God's doing through you. And one thing that, um, man, you shared with me, I think one of the first times we talked, and it blessed me so much. I've shared it with so many others. So this will be a perfect question uh, for y'all's ministry because it's in the DNA of y'all's ministry. You know, the heartbeat of this podcast uh, is to really see the next generation realize they are the now generation, not just the future of the church, but the church right now, that they have a mission now calling their life now. They are the church now. And I love at Long Hollow, and whenever I was with y'all a couple months ago and preaching, I actually did it because I wanted to experience it myself because you shared. So uh, I love Will and his team will always ask the students, who are the student pastors of Long Hollow students? And they will yell to the top of their lungs, we are. Um, and so they're practicing this of helping the next generation be the church right now. So, Will, would you give us just kind of one closing thought on that, maybe one practical next step? Man, it is 100% us equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. God didn't call us to carry the load of ministry ourselves. God didn't call uh, us to lead um, through our, our selfish agendas. God gave us the ability to lead so that we may equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so what we mean by that is we want them to understand that the church of today, the church, uh, the now generation is 100% up to them understanding that they are truly 
the disciple makers. They are the evangelists. They are the, um, uh, the, the group leaders. They are the ones that, that advance the gospel. It's not about them bringing people to us. It's about them going and being um, the hands and feet of Jesus where they are. And as a result, um, people happen to, to maybe come to our ministry as, as they may invite. But the, the, we are the, we asked them last night I looked over one of my guys, I go, I can't wait to ask this at camp. I'm just like, it's like, because they get it. And, and, and Shane, um, the practical fruit of that is what I, some of the stuff I've already mentioned is, um, students leading students to Jesus. We've seen students baptize parents. We've seen students wow. baptize their peers. We saw students team up with coaches yesterday to share a Bible at a Bible study in a locker room. Um, nice. they, they're not waiting for a one day a week. They're waiting for, to wake up, to put their feet on the ground, to focus on at least one person that they can share Jesus with or invest in. And, and our, and our, and they're living in this mindset of, I want to invest daily so that I can earn the right to invite weekly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so that's, that's the, uh, the, they, they know that they're the student pastors and, uh, we actually had a kid, we had two, uh, the night, I think it was the night you were there. Um, was when we had two students, they did, they said, we need the mic tonight. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, they, they stood did. up. I, and as a result right. of that, um, man, God sent a mighty wave uh, through our ministry and through our church and through our community. And so yeah. they get it, man. They're the student pastors and, and I'm super proud of them. Love it. Oh, man. Love it, man. We could talk for a couple more hours. <laughs> Just <laughs> We could go off on this. But Will, what are some ways that our listeners could stay in contact with you, connect with you? Uh, social media, et cetera. Yeah. I, I, I'm one of the guys where I just, you know, I'm constantly learning myself, but I, I love to learn from other people. And so uh, I'm on the typical, you know, social platforms. It's uh, at Will Moore 21. That's Will with one L. And so it's just at W-I-L-M-O-O-R-E 2-1. Uh, I'm still living in the past. It's hard to close a yearbook, fellas. So I still got my baseball <laughs> number in there. Um, uh, but uh, that's me. And then you can email me at will.more at longhollow.com. Again, that's will with one L. Um, and then I have no shame in the game about uh, everybody looks at me funny when I do this, but I have no problem giving my, my cell number out um, nice. and uh, just have grace and patience with me. Uh, but my, my, my personal number is uh, 870-208-3759. Uh, shoot me a text message and just, again, have some patience and some grace there as, uh, as I'm, 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 I'm not going to say it. I got, I got some things going on, but there's Yeah. That. Man, Will throwing out like Bob Goff, putting his cell number in his book, man. I love, <laughs> I love it, Will. Will, man, so thankful for you, my friend. You're a dear brother, man. Love you dearly. And friends, thank you so much for listening to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. If you have any questions on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. That's evangelism at nam.net. And we'll try to address those on a future podcast. Listen, have a great rest of the day. Spend time with Jesus and go tell somebody about Jesus.